fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, now, two guys who've discovered that making toast in the bathtub just hits different. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 422. Detroit Lions rosters cut to 53. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your most dashing of hosts, Chris. And with me is this simply gorgeous man of the sun who's lost every every little like shade of melanin you get takes off three years. Jeff, the Riz, Riz, and my co-host of the year. How you doing, brother? I am good. I'm a little sunburned. Uh, feeling, I enjoy that, though. I love getting the sunburn at the end of summer. Makes me look good. Get my bronze on. I yeah. got a birthday coming up. Got an anniversary coming up. Got to look good. Don't need makeup for that crap. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> the blush is already there. All That's right. right. We got a lot to talk about. A lot going on here. Today's show, the Lions are going to cut down to the 53-man roster. We're going to delineate who's new, who's old, and other moves. We're going to deliberate and pontificate about who's on the practice squad. We're going to discuss hard knocks and a whole lot more. We got a great show lined up. Riz, you ready to go, my man? Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. All right. First off, I have to send condolences to all the folks in Michigan with no power who maybe can watch us. I don't know, but uh, couldn't see hard knocks and have been suffering through um, thoughts and prayers, folks, uh, to you and the DT energy. Get some some competent people to get on that problem for you guys. You, you yeah, it was, it was bad across the state. You know, I live on the west side of the state and uh, we had. We had a water spout in Lake Michigan, right off the coast of Holland, and we had several gusts of over 60 miles an hour. When I drove to pick up my daughter up from uh, volleyball practice, I guess that was Monday. Uh, I there were there were trees everywhere. There were power lines down. It, it was it was arduous to get around, uh, aside from all the construction. And uh, you know, I, I know I know there are people still here in West Michigan that are out, and I understand it was probably worse. And like the Eaton Rapids, Jackson, Chelsea area, there's still, I guess, a lot of people out without there, which, you know, my heart goes out to it, man. <laughs> That's a terrible way to be right now. Yeah. Oh, for real. I mean, when we moved to Tampa, and I've told the story on the show before, literally the, the moving truck moved out the next day. I was putting hurricane shutters up, and the day after that, Irma hit. I had the hurricane went like 20 miles by to pass us. was crazy. All my shits and boxes. I don't know where anything's at. Um but we had power. It blinked a little, but it stayed on the whole time through a hurricane, right? It was, I think, when it when it went by me, it was at Category 2. Why a t- Category 2 hurricane, my power stayed on, and you guys d- didn't up there? I, I don't know. Now, I will tell you, our grid in the in the, the five years after that has just, it's it's a mess now. It's an absolute, you know, just just a wreck. Think a little wind, a strike of lightning, and it just it goes out and then comes back. And I've got UPSs all over the place on in here just to prevent the show from shutting off <laughs> with one of the power blinks. It's been it's been nuts. So anyway, hearts, prayers, thoughts, prayers, all that stuff out to folks in Detroit and, and Detroit area, Southern Michigan. Sorry for everything going on. Hopefully, you guys get through uh, unscathed and better for it. So. All right. Um, question for some point. This might be one to ask next time Campbell's up 
Riz, because I don't know that you didn't have the answer. Did we ever hear about the conversation Dan Campbell had with Sean Payton this spring? One, I they he was they gonna, talk a lot. Yeah, so. he was going to check I, in I don't, though. He said I don't know what he's referring to there. He said specifically he was going to in the off season talk to uh, Sean Payton, check in. I'm just wondering if there's anything to, uh, we know it never got followed up with. You know what I mean? It's interesting. Um, to hear what did he? Yeah, what kind I don't of know. Insights that, that, he got. They, I know they talk a lot because uh, uh, we, Sean Payton is a regular on uh, Sirius Radio, and he he talks. You know, he talks about the, the former coaches that he's or the current coaches that he's coached with and everything. He's certainly put, put Peyton is certainly positing himself to be a coach next year somewhere else. Everybody thinks it's Dallas. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's get with it. First thing, really off the top, we are on the last day for fantasy football. We are holding one intermediate league. It's thirty bucks to get in. Um, you, you can win one hundred fifty bucks out of that league. Uh, the top four positions win money. Um, there's there's a lot going on. Check it out. Go to fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. What we're doing right now is just an interest list. We've got five people. We want to fill that league with twelve. I mean, we've we've filled our leagues leagues already, but we have some more demand, and we're trying to see if we can get another league or two put together for folks. So if you want to go in, get into it. Go to fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. There's an interest list there. You can click on it, fill out the form, send it to us, and let us know you want to be in every. 12th person that we get will create a league for you guys and get you in so there you go fantasy.detroitlinespodcast.com draft is september 4th so we may go till september 1st on the interest list and then call it and, and get everybody in there all right tomorrow though september 1st is tomorrow yeah today is the last day of august i learned yesterday that there are 31 days in august every year i for whatever reason, just did not know that yeah it didn't take you too long yeah it's cool uh detroit Lions are the youngest team in the league again they were the youngest team last year, weren't they? They were the second youngest. Second. The Jets had them edged out last year. All right. Well, they've taken the the title this year. Their youth movement is strong. Yeah, we're number one. The weird we're thing, though, is one. to have the youngest team in the league and the second least cap space available. That, that th- Those things don't compute. And I want to talk about one of the key reasons why. Um and it's it's eating flowers, right? It's the vegetarian lifestyle. Uh, you <laughs> you're eating Trey Flowers cap. Basically, you ate it all this year as well. And it was a big honking gift from Quinn and Patricia. Um, but by getting rid of it now, you know, you have a young team anyway. You know, you're going to you know, you're developing, building, finding, growing talent. And it gets you set up once you've gotten through that next year to really start making moves. If you feel you're in a position to start signing some some named players and free agency and that sort of thing. So I think this is the last flush of the Quinn cap uh, travesties and tragedies for the for the team this year. And some of it is also the structure of some of the bigger deals on the team. Like you're paying you, you get like when the anaconda eats the deer, like you got to get you got to get through the like the big part of the deer to get it down. Like you're doing that. I, I don't have the contract tables in front of me. I'm too tired to remember. But I know that one of like Ragnow or Decker there. This is like their bubble year. And golf golf is an expensive thing. And they haven't done anything to mitigate that for this season. But like you said, Chris, that's not a problem next year. All that stuff, you know, the, the, the anacondas, you know, matriculating it down to the to the anus and they'll eventually crap that the bones out um, and, and we'll all be better for it. Yeah. That's uh, 
it's a terrible metaphor. And the sun just really just started blinding me. I got to close my blank here. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. We are, we're still paying for some of the sins of the past, but as we saw last year, we, we saw some great development of young players that otherwise wouldn't have had a chance. And yeah, they're not where, in cap trouble next year and they don't need the cap room for anything this year. So it's not really anything to worry terribly about. And you can be like the Cleveland Browns and pay Deshaun Watson a $240 million contract and owe him $910,000 this year. You eventually got to pay for that, though. The Lions are not doing that. There's a lot of teams that are doing that, but the Lions have they've eschewed going after and trying to you know um, speed up the digestive process. They're 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 getting through it, and then they'll be out, out at the better end next year and beyond. And this is the other part where we're finding players in diamonds that wouldn't have been surfaced otherwise, and the, we we get quality players that we would otherwise be spending a lot of money on that we don't have to now. And I think that's a great way to build a team. It's a competitive advantage yeah. over other teams right now. And um, as Mike Hodges says, I got to put this one up here. The Anaconda will crap out a Super Bowl diamond. <laughs> I hope so. That'd be nice. All right. That's a good movie, by the way. An underrated movie. The other thing you got to consider is that they are paying two first round draft picks um, and their signing bonuses, and that, that all gets sucked in this year for the most part. Yep. I want to say that it's 60% of your rookie contract is is eaten in the cap the way it's calculated in the first year yep. of the first four years. And uh, they'll have that again next year, too. Hopefully, they're not picking 2 and 12 again. Hopefully, it's like 12 and 20. 31 and 32, probably. <laughs> uh, okay. Or no, it'd be 30 and 32. Um, okay, let's... That'd let's be nice. <laughs> let's uh, we're going to get into to, um, a little bit... Well, we're going to get into the 53 here in a second, but I want to talk about one other thing really quick before we do. I want to touch on Hard Knocks. We'll get into it a little deeper at the end. But something we saw that I think is really, really important ahead of this 53-man roster cut-down uh, conversation and it was, you know, we've talked a lot about servant leadership and and how this front office works and and how their their leadership style works. And I think it was prime prime on display. You're talking about from a development of coaches standpoint, from an uh, evaluation of players, from hearing a number of voices about the quality of the players and their work. You saw that play out. And I don't think a lot of people picked up or understood what happened. But I want to just walk through that kind of bottom up work that they did. You know, they, they talked about, um, you know, they talked to position coaches and some of the more junior coaches about the quality of the players. And what do they think? What's your evaluation of each of the players and your, you know, in the position groups where you're working? And then they worked up and then they worked up and then they got to the, the uh coordinators uh aaron glenn and, and ben johnson got their thoughts on them and then you know dan and and the team uh discussed you know what they thought and what they saw so what you have is an opportunity for the younger um less seasons guys to come in and show what they know show what they saw and talk about and do their evaluation without the idea of if you were poisoning the well giving them something pre disposition to put up there to, to, to be yes men or put out what they think somebody wants to hear. They get to give their true evaluations. And then the next level up of seasoning, if you will, of the coaches gets to give their response and their thinking all the way up to the top of the food chain. So everybody's heard, but these are the guys that went first, the ones that are more junior are hearing and learning what these other guys are looking at and how they're evaluating in them in this room at this time. That gives guys pleasant potentially if you lose Aaron Glenn, right? Or other guys down the chain a little bit, the opportunity to see how it works to get training, live fire training, like we talk about with the rookies in leadership and how to do the evaluation and how to run this process. It's the same thing with the the, the player run practice. We'll, we can, we'll talk about that a little bit, a little bit later, but this 
is leadership development on the fly. You saw it. And I don't think many people recognize it. I don't think I saw it anywhere in the media. Nobody wrote about it. But this is exactly the kind of servant leadership and leadership development that you're seeing in this team that is building these player coaches into good coaches that will probably get jobs elsewhere as a result, but will also draw in some of the best of the best to to our team. And, and that your last point there is something that I think gets lost on a lot of people is that it's going to be attractive for ambitious young coaches to come in and replace the guys who are leaving. Like, hey, I can climb the ladder here. Yep. And that's how the Ravens have gotten assistant after assistant that goes on to bigger and better things year after year after year because of that you know, success begets success. Like I, I want to, if I'm a, a rising young coach and I've got a chance to, to coach with the Baltimore Ravens or, you know, some, some other team that hasn't been successful, the Lions is an example, I'm under Matt Patricia, where are you going to go? Where, where are you going to take that job at? What's yeah. going to be more appealing to you? Um, even if the Lions might offer you more money and, and more authority early on, like, I've got a better chance to grow my brand and expand out. And you're seeing that with, with Aubrey Pleasant and Aaron Glenn and, and all these guys we talk about all the time, Hank Fraley, uh, Kelvin Shepard, uh, Deuce Staley. Like the, the, when they leave, people are going to be like, you know what? That's a culture that's going to foster development of my professional skills. And it's going to help me climb the coaching ladder to wherever I want to go, whether it's becoming an NFL head coach or becoming a coordinator for a long time, or going to college and becoming a college and running a college program. Uh, that's something that I think you, you, you can see that taking root with what Dan Campbell is. And he, and one of the things that I think Dan appreciates is that he played around a lot of coaches or he was coached when he was a player by a lot of former players yep. and, and has, accepted that and understood how important that was to him. So I think you're going to see a lot like I expect Deuce Staley to be a head coach next year. I expect Aaron Glenn to be a head coach next year elsewhere. They have some, you know, internal candidates that will bubble up probably, but then those have to be replaced. And I expect those to be former players as well. People that might not have a connection to Dan Campbell though. Mm-hmm. Like Hank Fraley didn't have any connection to these guys. He's, yep. he's worked out great. Uh, that's, uh, that, that's, and that's what you're talking about, man. And you saw it in hard knocks and the Detroit media was too hung up on, Oh, they're not talking about the players we want them to talk about. And, um, a lot of the other people were like, well, this is sort of like last week only extended a little bit. And I think they missed the nuances of the show yeah. because this was, this was a much more like inside baseball show than it was an entertainment show. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people were repelled by that. I will say hard knocks makes a massive error airing that, particular episode on the night of roster cutdowns because nobody gave a crap <laughs> yeah yeah no well i think it was for me at least i thought it was interesting the lead up to it knowing what happened you know what i mean or knowing how things were playing out but it was the timing sucked for them it just absolutely sucked and, awful and, yeah. awful they, they need to they need to switch that to wednesdays or something but yeah. they, they can't do that again yeah, yeah. And, and i i do remember that happening in cleveland too like I, because we had we had the producer on our podcast that uh, you know the, that were in the on the Lions wire at the, or the Browns wire at the time, um, our good friend Mac Robinson hosted it, and we had him on. We had the guy on, and he's like, the the episode of Cutdown Week is always the lowest one of, of every season. I'm like, well, maybe you don't air it on that day. Yeah. Like, and they, have, they haven't figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like they're beholden to a timetable. They're, you know, they're a premium service. They can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So that was that was good. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say was about we talked about authenticity of coaches and what Matt Patricia didn't have. And you saw it very clearly with Dan Campbell when he was talking to the players 
about potentially not making the roster. And I, mean, the, the, I just read the quote. I didn't grab it yet. I, I didn't have time because work is, work's really getting in the way of my hobby here. Um, this is the cold, hard truth. We're sitting at 80 and we've got to get to 53 and it's a bitch, Campbell said. It's the worst part of this fucking job. The blood, the sweat, the tears, the devotion, everything you've put into it, you've got my respect. I wish I could keep you, all of you, but that's just not how it works. But we appreciate the hell out of you because you gave us your best. And if you don't think that means a lot coming from a guy like Campbell who played the game, who wasn't a guy that always made the roster, who's a guy that fought, clawed, and beat his way uh, into playing all those years he played... That means a lot to those guys. I mean, just I sit there and think about it. If I could, if I had a boss that had lived my life and did and, and talk that way, I'd, I, I'd, I'd feel it. You know what I mean? This is this is a guy who truly cares. He's authentic with the players. Um, so I, that was that was a great um, expose of his leadership, his style, his authenticity. Where Patricia would have been, you know. He would have thought he had to be a tough guy. He he thinks a coach has to be a tough guy. We talked to him. He's not a tough guy. He's actually a, a pretty cool cat. You know, he's a pretty good guy. Had he been himself, I think he would have been a hell of a lot more successful with the players than he actually was. And he made a very very big tactical error as uh, as a coach coming here. And uh, it sounds like it's continuing going back. He did, to he did not learn from his his errant ways, unfortunately. No. Or I guess. It doesn't no sweat off my back, but uh, for for New England fans, New England fans are gripping right now. And and by the way, the uh, I, I I don't necessarily play the lines, but I've seen that the Patriots season win total has gone down a full mark since uh, the the stories of Matt Patricia and his offensive prowess or lack thereof. I grab uh, I grab my well. odds on on DraftKings ahead of <laughs> ahead of those stories coming out. I'm I'm feeling good about that one. Um, also. If you're not on DraftKings, hold out just for two weeks. Well, you can help us out with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into the 53. I just, I just, you know, the, I'll, I'll go back to it really quick. Uh, Campbell did a great job. Now, one of the things I want to talk about is the, um, uh, you talked about Deuce going away and some of the other coaches going away. I don't want people to get nervous about how those coaches perform when they go. We, we, you know, Patricia did what he did. It didn't mean yeah. he wasn't great at his job before he left. Um, New England. A lot of guys find their peak and then get promoted to the, their level of um, you know incapacity in to do the job. That's that happens, right? So don't judge judge the guys by what they're doing while they're here. If they go on to another job and they fail, it doesn't reflect on this team or the coaching staff at all. I just want to put that out there now before all this happens because some it's, guys, yeah, it's a different situation. You can't compare it. Like maybe they're jo- joining a team where the owner is going to change or the GM that hires them leaves after a year and they're, they're stuck with a misfit quarterback that they don't like. And they, you know, they're, they're, their last GM drafted the way Mike Mayock did in Las Vegas. And you know, their, their, their last five first round picks are all gone. Like not just gone, like gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone mentioned Kellen Mond earlier. I didn't want him. I saw him at the Senior Bowl, and and it sounds and what I've heard and seen is he wasn't really impressive at all in Minnesota. I didn't want him after the Senior Bowl, and if he isn't developing, I don't want him at all. So, so. Uh, yeah, so I included him in the ten players the Lions should consider uh, claiming off waivers for Lions Wire, and I, I left the note in it like this one's not going to happen because the Lions and we we were there. We 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 talked to them. 
They didn't like him either as a draft prospect. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so far that evaluation has proven pretty well because he's burned out like, like Mike Zimmer, the the last Vikings coach just like, get this fucker away from me. I can't stand him. (laughs) Like that's part of the reason why he left. Now the new regime, they gave up on him pretty quickly. They traded for Nick Mullins, um, which actually um, had a ripple effect for the Lions, believe it or not. <laughs> and uh, it worked out pretty well um, for, for, for a lot of people there. But, yeah, so Kellamond is now a Cleveland Brown, and I don't know what the hell Cleveland's going to do with him because uh, they run the system that Minnesota did that he couldn't do. Uh, people in Cleveland, Cleveland right now are just like, what are we doing? <laughs> There's a lot of that going on in Cleveland for a lot of different reasons, but that, that's that's one of the bigger ones. It's like, okay, we just got rid of Josh Rosen, who was a guy that, you know, for, for all of his foibles, actually played pretty well in the preseason, and he, he fit in with the team. Like, the team was like, okay, you know what? This guy, he's trying. Like, we see that. We appreciate that. And then they dump him, and they bring in Kellen Mond, who two successive regimes in Minnesota have been like, get him the hell away from me. Um, yeah, he, he wasn't that impressive at Texas A&M. He was a guy, like, he'd have, like, two good games and then four bad games. Like, and, and there was just no rhyme or reason between it. And uh, yeah, so – I'm glad they avoided that. Um, there were there were some other people that, that pe- I'll go into this real quick, Chris. That people wanted to get claimed. Um, Chris Trevler was one. No, he's just not that good either. Um, they, they got a better guy than than Chris Trevler. They got a better guy than um, the Logan Woodside, who was another guy that I suggested, the Mister Mister Toledo back in the day, um, who is basically a a slightly better version of David Blau. Um, they went for a different hard stop there um, type of quarterback. And I, I appreciate that. And I think Lions fans should too. I'll tell you the, the whole Cleveland picking up Kellen Mond that has Quinn's fingerprints all over it. How can we downgrade? How can we downgrade? How can we downgrade? <laughs> How can we create even more chaos? Yep. In- <laughs> I don't it's it's, it's very difficult to cover that team right now. Let's put it that way. God, they never make it easy. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the the, the moves. The 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 fifty three. The roster cuts down to get to fifty three. We're going to talk through this uh, kind of a little bit on a timeline. And I want to start out first with what did the team do to get from eighty to fifty three? Right. So I'm going to walk through you know each of the things what and and the the pieces they did to get there. The first one is, um, to me. The most important one, cornerback Jerry Jacobs is on reserve PUP. I've talked to him. Um, Jerry's such a great dude. I, I think there's 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 some strategy there with Jerry, and I, I I'll say that one of the things this team is is doing is I, evaluation of talent is not over. And it's continuing. They're continuing to get looks at people and where they want to put people. And there's there's going to be churn on the practice squad. There's other guys that we'll talk about shortly, I think, that are there just for the short time as other things get evaluated and shaken out on the regular roster. Um, but Jer- the same thing with Jamo, right? They're not going to rush these guys back at all. And and I, this, is, this is different thinking for a football team. They tend to just say, get back, play through, go, go, go. This is a sense where I think – we're going to evaluate some people. We're going to let you get fully healed and get back. We know this isn't our Super Bowl year. I hate to say it, right? And and remember, folks, this is but year that's, two. That's the reality that people need to get to, yep. Chris. Yep. And then I uh, we I hate to be the guy that bitch slaps the reality into people, but <laughs> they know they're not contending this year. Don't don't force that upon them. Don't force yep. those expectations upon them. We go through this every year, Chris. You, we've had this conversation every year. 
We will go through and people will badmouth the team. Oh, you're all, oh, they don't have any talent. They, 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 this is a last place team. And then, then we come around it and I will say, I think they're going six and 11 this year. And people will be like, fuck you, man. What the hell's wrong with you? This is a Super Bowl team. It happens every year. Mm-hmm. Don't do that this year. Understand what this team is and where they're going. And Chris is laying out there a great example of it. They're not rushing these guys back specifically because they know they're not doing it this year. Like they're not, they're not, they're going to try to make the playoffs. They don't expect to make the playoffs. Don't expect them to make the playoffs, please. And I make everybody's life a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, fine. Enjoy it. Have, have some good, you know, some good, you know, good feel. The thing about the Detroit lions last year and this year, we talked about it last year before it started. The team is going to be fun again. And if you watched the Lions last night, last year, only get three wins and didn't think it was one of the most fun seasons of the last five that they had to watch, you're missing out. You're missing out because it was so much more fun than so many years prior. And this year is going to be a hell of a lot of fun with more wins. I want people to kind of start to get into that mentality and, and enjoying football, enjoying the game for what it is, watching the development of these players because – Starting next year, the pressure is going to be real, I think, on the coaches, on the players, and on the real push for them to start making it. And I think fans are really going to feel it as well and have high expectations next year. You're in a period where you can really enjoy and kind of soak up what we have. I I recommend you do it. Don't be that sourpuss. Enjoy the football this year. Rebel in beating Arizona last year. That was one of the most fun football games I've seen in a long time. Like I, I loved it because it was it was it was somewhat unexpected and it was like man we just took down like the best team in the NFC at that time. Oh, that was great. And, and they're they're going to do that more this year. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're gonna they're gonna go into Dallas and and they, they might spank the Cowboys. The Cowboys are not as good as they have been. Yep. And uh, by the way, if you're if you're a better um, the under on Dallas looks really good. Yep. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so this team, yeah, always, but especially this year. P. Diddy, thirty-one. He came up with uh, needs to heal first, but we're going to the playoffs. The schedule, the schedule is definitely in our favor at this point. We'll see how you know it changes up a little bit as teams because everybody gets better in the off season. But there, there's yep. a chance. This, there's there's a chance, especially with our division. There's a chance that this team makes the playoffs. Yeah. And, and I would it. just say just that, uh, when just you're looking it. at the schedule, last year at this time. Every single Lions fan said, oh, we're beating the shit out of Cincinnati. Yeah. Bengals wound up in the Super Bowl. Yep. Be yep. careful. Yep. And 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 started to write off the season after the Cincinnati game. And it wasn't a great game. Don't get don't get wrong, but boy, the the it was, it was nuts. Okay, let's get it. So Jerry Jacobs on the reserve PUP released Tim Boyle. I'll I'll just say, look, I know he's not the superstar number one, number two, or number three quarterback on this team, but Tim Boyle is an absolutely great dude a class individual wherever you know whatever happens i really hope the best for him he was a really really great guy so he was um and uh, i i reached i i was reached out to by his representation that, that thanked me for uh for interviewing him when he was here mm-hmm. and uh wish me uh, so that, that that tells you the kind of classy guy that he is and uh um i know i certainly haven't always treated him with the class that he deserves and uh, other people have also done that and it's mm-hmm. you know it's yeah, I don't. I don't. I I hope he goes and realizes that he probably needs to go into coaching or quarterback training or something like that because uh, that that Pittsburgh game. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> that that that's yeah. 
you don't recover from that. No, you just don't. No. All right. So now we're going to have a little bit of a boomerang effect with some of these names. But remember, we're walking through time here. We're doing the what cut That's right. happened to get the team to 57. So Jared Davis was released. Devin Funches, Bruce Hector, Justin Jackson. That's a story in itself. Kendall Lamb and Dan Skipper all released. Right. Dan Skipper, another awesome cat. I mean, you can't miss him in hard knocks. He's in every freaking scene you can't, because he's 47 feet tall, but he's a really, really good guy. I mean, I mean, you, you, you just, you show up in, a, in an alley at night and see him and you're going to be intimidated as hell, but he's the most gentle, wonderful giant you'll ever meet. Good guy. Good guy. All right. So we went from the release. Then we go to the guys who were in, uh, who were waived. Uh, Maurice Alexander, Cedric Boswell, uh, Derek. Deese nuts. Deese. Uh, Obina. <laughs> Obina easy. Uh, Mark Gilbert, James Houston, Godwin, Iguabike, uh, Tom Kennedy, A.J. Parker, Riley Patterson, the kicker, Darren Paolo, Khalil Pimpleton. That was a surprise of sorts, but also not at the same time. Anthony Pittman, a real surprise. And uh, Savion Smith, all, all let go, uh, waived. Waived with an injury designation is Eric Banks, Trinity Benson, Joshon Cornell, Kevin Jarvis, and C.J. Moore. So that's how we got to the 53 Tampa Lion Blue Jay. Thank you. Thank you so much for the super chat. Appreciate you. Uh, thanks for the great Lions coverage. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us. It's, it's awesome. Thanks for the super chat, brother. You're the, you're the best. All right. So that gets us to 53. Riz, before we talk about any boomerangs or other decisions after that, let's talk about your reaction to, to the players that were, were, were pulled out. So to me, there were two surprises that I, you know, I was I was very surprised that Godwin Igwebuike didn't make it, and it's not necessarily that I felt that he was deserving. But one week earlier, we asked Dan Campbell who his starting return man was, and he affirmed that it was Godwin Igwebuike. So this is like the first instance where Dan might have been not one hundred percent truthful with us, mm. and that that was a little that, that raised an eyebrow. Now, now he did back in, and, and I, I was in the press conference. Also, you don't need to rehash this for me. He didn't like say it with any certainty, but he said, "Right now, Godwin is our guy," and we all interpreted that as meaning that he will still be the guy. And then they didn't play him much in the Pittsburgh game. We're thinking, okay, they know what they've gotten him. They want to see like if if somebody else can possibly challenge him. Well, nobody else did anything in that game to to, to usurp that role. Mm-hmm. He just flat out lost it. And we don't know how. And that's an interesting one. Uh, the other one was, I, I know I know people got up with Tom Kennedy. He, he wasn't necessarily surprised. But uh, the the waived injured status with, with, with Trinity Benson is interesting. Yeah. Because he was injured earlier in camp. Then he came back. He was on the field on the last Lions drive and never appeared to get hurt. Um, and uh, th- there's more cycling forward with Trinity, but that that was that was very interesting to me. I'm not necessarily surprising that he was cut, but the manner in which it happened was uh, an, an eyebrow raiser. Yeah. Um, big thanks, JCN Carter. Thank you. Thank you for joining and becoming a member of the channel. That is one of the kindest things that you can do and, uh, and best compliments you give. JCN Carter, you rock and roll. Thank you for joining as a member of the channel. Uh, Don yes. Burr, they better beat at least two teams we aren't supposed to beat this year. There's a lot of talk in the chat about um, how many wins would be seats on fire. Absolutely three wins would be seats on fire. Um, I, the there team, should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a better team than that. 
I'm, I'm this, yeah. this is team. This is a better team than that. Okay. Anything about the 53 Riz that we need to cover and, um, and the getting to that part. No, I don't think that a lot of the, the cuts were that difficult. Like um, James Houston, the rookie sixth round pick did not make the team. If you go back and you look at, and I'm going to, I'm going to lump all of Lions media here. I don't think a single one of us projected him to make the final 53. That was one of those deals where like all of us who saw him knew that he wasn't making the team. Um, and that again, sometimes you want to take your, your information from the local guys rather than the national guys or your fantasy guys who insisted up to the second that he was cut last year, that Brashad Perriman was going to start for the Detroit lions. Um, yeah, that that ass hat is still blocked on my Twitter. I don't block anybody. Fantasy and more ways than fans. one, right? Fantasy and more so, ways than one. <laughs> uh, the, you know, Pay attention to that type of thing. Like, read what read what Burkett and Schlitt and Rogers and and Reisman and Raven and, and the guys at the Athletic. What what they and myself what we're projecting. I think most of us had fifty or fifty one of the fifty three right this year, and nearly all of us had. <laughs> this is the not having Godwin and having Jermar Jefferson. Now that has changed. But that was a real interesting one. And we'll, we're, I'm sure you want to talk about that because uh, it ties in with Justin Jackson, which was a, another one. There's a guy who we all thought probably earned a spot on the 53, um, if not in the first wave, in the second wave. Um, he, he is back. He's on the practice squad. Um, spoiler alert. But uh, that was that was a very interesting one. And we are going to talk with management soon in Allen Park. And you better believe that's going to be one of the questions. And if it's not asked by someone else, I will ask it because it is a very curious turn of events um, based on what we all watched all summer. And then the reality of what happened at the roster cut down was uh, discongruous. Yep. Um, big thing on the tw- on the 53, one piece to that is surprised that Jamar Jefferson made it. Absolutely. That was, that was incredible. Now time, proved differently and we'll talk about that but that yeah. he was held on at that point is really really surprising to me so that's how we got to 53 then ryan nestigen showed up and said i see the 4k showing off riz's fabulous sunglass tan lines keep shining riz shine on you crazy so, diamond so quick diversity story um sunday i missed the first half of the game because i was playing in the, my first beach volleyball tournament in eight years I played with my 13-year-old daughter. It was her first time ever playing co-ed, and we came in second place, which was <laughs> awesome. But it wound up we wound up playing two rounds in the, the playoffs longer than I expected to, so I wound up missing the first half of yep. the game. I don't miss it. It was great. It was awesome. Uh, my Lizzie is incredible. It was it was fun. So uh, and that still recovering. Obviously, so really quick for those. There's a question from Kevin. What's the difference between waived and waived, waived injured waived injured means they're an IR and they cannot play this season, but they are eligible for an injury settlement. And then once they get an injury settlement, they could go play football somewhere else. Yeah. When they are waived injured, once they clear waivers, they revert to your injured reserve list. And it's because it's made before the final cutdowns. That means that the rules of injured reserve being placed on there before the cutdown apply, which means you are out for the season. You cannot play for that team unless you take an injury settlement, which one of them did. Yep. Yep. There you go. And that may be a way to get a little extra couple bucks into people's pockets for 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 coming in and giving their all. Right. I mean, give them a little parting gift 
and uh, let them. There is the there is not a it's a cynical take, but it is a real one because I've I've sat with an agent watching a third preseason game before, and he's he knew that his guy wasn't going to make the team. It's like, man, I hope he gets hurt. I hope it isn't bad, but I hope he gets hurt because that's how we're going to get money. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and that that one hundred percent happens. Yep. You better believe it does. A hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, let's. Uh, we'll keep going here. Um, As so we get to the fifty three, then we started making a couple of moves. Um, this was a surprising one, especially after uh, Hard Knocks. We'll talk about it. But David Blau was released, uh, leaving, leaving us with no other quarterback and there was a few hours of people like oh, you know oh my god if, what happens if golf goes out it's like we're getting a quarterback don't worry guys <laughs> no no need to breathe deep it's all right and we did we picked up <laughs> nate sudfeld from the eagles i think this is actually a pretty good pickup for two reasons one doesn't hurt to get a little bit of playbook pickup for the first game of the season and for the prep of the game number one uh number two He's an upgrade. I think he's an upgrade across uh, both both players that uh, we let go. As nice of guys as they were, um, you know, it comes down to winning football games, and it seems like Nate is a, a better player than both of them. Nate Nate Sudfeld um, has bounced around a little bit. He, he has a Super Bowl ring from the uh, from the Eagles. Um, has also spent time in the 49ers system. Has spent time in Washington system. One of the, and, and I, I harped on this when I was on the Huge Show uh, this week. I forget what day it was. They all blur together now. But one of the things that Blau and Boyle, one of the one of the reasons why I wanted someone different early in the offseason is that I want the ability for the the team in offense to challenge the defense in practice. And Tim Boyle and David Blau don't do that. They don't represent a challenge to the defense. They don't they don't present different looks. They don't they can't do different things that other quarterbacks can do. Sudfeld, look, he's a six foot six guy. So they're they're playing against somebody with tall with a high release point. That's going to impact how pass rushers rush, like when when they're playing a, another tall quarterback, and there are some of them on the schedule this year. It, that changes. He can run a little. He's not. He's certainly not a running quarterback. He is not. I, I would say the date that Tim Boyle is probably a better athlete overall, but there are Sunfeld. I, I will give him credit. He has worked hard on learning how to throw on the run since his days at Indiana and his days at the the Shrine game. Yeah. Um, where I watched him throw a, a crap ton of worm burners back in the day. Um, I'm actually wearing the, the 2016 draft shirt now because uh, the Lions have two of the four best quarterbacks from that draft now on the roster yeah. in Jerry Goff and Nate Sudfeld, the others being uh, Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's that's your class, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paxton Lynch, Connor Cook, mm, Paxton Vernon Lynch. Adams, good times. All right. Uh, Cardale, 12 gauge. Jones, it was a really crap draft. <laughs> All right, so we made a couple more moves, or one other move, or a couple moves, whatever. I don't know. Um, we claimed Benito Jones from Miami, three hundred and thirty pound ish defensive tackle. Always good to have some help. I'm not sure. I mean, he's a big guy. I don't know about how much so impact he, he's he make, is. The same but. style as Ali McNeil, and that he's not an anchor. He's a penetrator. He's a gap attacker. He's he's only six one. Um, the Dolphins inflated his weight a little bit because they had a three-man front. He got back down to like 315 this summer, which is what he played at in college. Um, and he is really good because he's 6'1". He's got the leverage thing, and Sawdoff has this too. And Sawdoff made the team, which is awesome. Yep, yep. But when their first move is going up rather than out, you can get a lot of leverage and make a lot of movement that way. And where that's really effective is if you've got a speedy linebacker, a gap blitzing behind you. Yep. And Miami didn't do that all that well. 
he did that at, at Ole Miss real well. And that's, that's the kind of thing. He, and and Lee McNeil can do that sort of thing. Aleem's bigger and Aleem's stronger. But uh, he he's much more. Uh, people are going to see, oh, you know, three hundred twenty whatever pound guy. Oh, he's he's your nose tackle, he's your run stuffer. And that's not what he does. <laughs> that's not what Benito does. Benito is a straight backup for Ali McNeil, one hundred percent. You gotta. You, you the thing about it is is if you can get an offensive lineman's weight off of his feet. The game's over. The game is over because everything is about that base. It's about being able to move, being able to, you know, get leverage. The whole thing is about having your feet on the ground and that weight on your feet and being unable to do that, that up move that just takes them right out, takes them right out of the play. So it's an interesting thing. Uh, Benito, uh, we're, you know, we're seeing a couple people saying, you know, he's going to be, uh, he's going to break out big time. He's a sleeper from H E double hockey sticks. I'm interested to see what he brings. I'm, I'm not super high on him just yet, but I'm interested in seeing what he brings. Ali he's McNeil a guy, like, is a guy uh, he, that I think some of Miami just, was, was a scheme thing. Like he wasn't a good schematic fit for the defense that they ran last year, um, going into the, and they've changed their defense, but, uh, He's he's much more of a a Dan Campbell type, and again, like he, he he's your natural backup for Aleem. He buys you time if Demetrius Taylor, um, who did make the team um, and deserved to make the team. I'm glad he did. He's the only undrafted free agent on the team. Um, he, he allows him to play more of a three technique, and and Aleem has been playing some three technique, and you can see two of those three in there together uh, because uh, there's a couple guys who are on the active roster right now who are still hurt and won't be playing for some time, even though they're still on the active roster. We'll yep. probably have to talk about them too. <laughs> yep. Brandon, I think Benito and Demetrius are going to be casualties of Pascal and Levi coming back on the team. Levi's going to be questionable uh, for sure, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you're, you know, completely wrong there. I think there's, there's an element of, of the, the thing is though, after four weeks, I mean, we could have three running backs on IR, you know, the, 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 the last year, there was what seven defensive backs on injured reserve by the end of October. Yeah, so that you just got to let that play out a little bit yep. because injuries are going to happen. Um, they could Jack Fox could get hurt, and you just never know what's going yep. on with yep. with the, the injury situation. All right, so then we get to um, so after picking up Benito, there was a little bit of pause. Who's going to go? How are they going to make room? And it was Jamar Jefferson that was waived, and is not. Not coming, not back. He's out in his own place right now, doing his own thing. So interesting. Yeah, so so I, Jamar I don't think is still technically eligible for waiver claims. Mm-hmm. There's another round of waiver claims. The Lions still have the second pick in that. Obviously, they can't claim a guy that they cut themselves. But there were 33 players that were claimed off of waivers yesterday. The Lions only did one with Benito Jones. The Bears got six. Um, that's uh, that's. Uh, <laughs> An indictment on, on where they're at. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought here. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> no, no, that, 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 that's cool. So Jamar's. No, so yeah, so, so Jamar can get yep. claimed by by another team as long as short of it. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to see him back. Uh, he was uh, we the story either. of him at, at training camp last year with the sled was just impressive and it really set the tone for what this team was going to be. The coaches, how they were going to interact, and and what they really that was like day one of open practice for the uh, fans to see, and it was really really it it's it. It told the story of everything we were going to see from this coach all the way into hard knocks of, of this, the team and how they work together in the coaching staff. So uh, tough to see him go. I just don't, you know, I know you love picking him up in the draft where we did. 
but he um it's it you know it's it's how do you say this we didn't lose a lot of capital it was worth the flyer but it's time to move on i think they got the decision right a day later and i'm wondering and i don't know the answer to this if they it was planned the whole time that okay we're gonna we're gonna put jamar on because we know that like he might get claimed on the first day right but i don't think anybody's claiming him tomorrow like and I said this in the, in the Patreon Slack, which is is indeed the most intelligent Lions chat on the on the face of the earth. Join it five bucks a month; it's worth it. He was the worst running back in Detroit, like by a country. It wasn't close. He wasn't good, yeah. and specifically in the passing game, he has the worst hands. He ran the worst routes. He had the worst pass protection drills by and large. Wasn't alone there, but by and large, he he was clearly the worst running back on the team. And that's why myself and some others got uppity yesterday when he made the team and Justin Jackson and Kyle Nagwubike didn't because mm-hmm. everything we saw all summer is like, oh my God, that guy, he can't play. Right. Uh, right. And we don't mean that mean spirit away. It's matter of like, he could not play. Um, and the, the yardage totals in the rushing, if you, if you watch the, the breezes, it bore that out. So we were wondering why the hell he made the team. Now, I wonder, as others have, and I'm sure people are having this conversation in the chat, was this a calculated move the whole time so they could get somebody else, make make a sacrifice somewhere else, and now you're not worried about losing Jamar Jefferson to waivers tomorrow because you don't care. Right. Maybe. I don't know. I hope to find that out. We'll see. We'll see. All right, so that's it. And uh, for the question, uh, I, I forget who asked it. Um, sorry if, if we're not getting your name, but um, uh, uh, we we let Je- uh, Jefferson go to uh, claim Benito Jones. That's how we made the room on the on the roster to make that work. So then we'll move on really quick. Got to tell you, uh, ask you because we don't tell anybody anything. Please hit the like and subscribe button. We we ask once a show. That's it. You know we have to do it. It's 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 in the YouTube contract. <laughs> but uh, those likes, those subscribes, they help us out a great deal. Um, help other people find the channel. Help us kind of beat the the algorithm up a little bit. Daniel Shishido, thank you so much for your subscription. And uh, so just hit the button. It's free. And uh, you know, got like three hundred people here and seventy likes. We can do that. We can do that up a little bit. So thank you all for hitting that button. It's free. And it sure. I gotta hit like. I got I got it up over here. I gotta hit like myself. Come on, Riz. Even Riz forgets. I'm, I'm slacking. I am. I got. I, how do I do that? All oh, right. It's easy. It's right there. Yeah, I just it's, did it. It's a there little you go. thumb up. There you go. Leatherwood. Let's just talk about him really quick because we we saw him at Senior Bowl. And I mean, I remember talking to Jim Nagy about him. He's like, the guy lives up to his reputation. He is mean as hell. He's he he's eating nails over here, rusty nails for breakfast. He's just a, a everyone's laughing right now about the Bears picking him up. I'm a little bit afraid. I know he hasn't hasn't performed. But the guy has talent. I've seen it. And I'm just nervous that they're going to find it and we're going to rue the day. We laughed at it. Was, it was the Raiders' fault that he was taken where he was. It wasn't his fault. I applaud the Bears for making the move. I would have claimed if I were the Lions, honestly, um, they, because you might be able to develop in the athletic tools. My God, we've seen it, Chris. They're there. Like he's There's a lot to like. Now, he, he needs... He needs Hank Fraley. He needs a seasoned developer teacher type of offensive line coach. He did not have that in, in Las Vegas. Yep. He doesn't really have that. in. well, he kind of does actually in Chicago, Chicago. I, I'll give them a little bit of credit there. Uh, I think their own line coach knows what the hell's going on. 
Uh, he just doesn't they, have a lot of talent. His problem is, is that his movements are so like, like, like his feet will be pointed one way and his hips will be another and then his shoulders will be like, like he just needs like basic, like fundamental one-on-one on football kinesiology. Yeah. And if he gets that, like they might have something there. It's not going to happen right away. I, I think it's a great move by the Bears, honestly. And again, I, I would have taken him in Detroit because what, what they're trying to do with Matt Nelson is the, the third tackle. Matt Nelson's perfectly expendable to me. Like, what, what okay, you, it's fine that he's here. Um, they could do better. They don't need to do better, but they could. Is like, it like 50, this is a chance where they could do better in the long run? And if you're if you're one of the conspiracy theorists who thinks Taylor Decker's gone, we're moving Panay to left the left tackle as soon as he's gone next year, maybe even. Then you got a right tackle to plug in right away. You don't have to burn a draft pick on it. I, I think that's bullshit. I think that it's completely wild. I, I will tell you every conversation I've ever had with anybody in the Lions organization is that they, they see Panay Sewell as a right tackle for the entirety of his NFL career. Yeah. I'll repeat that. Panay Sewell is a right tackle for the entirety of his NFL career as long as it's in Detroit. Based on every conversation I've had with multiple people inside the Lions organization. Yep. You might not like that. It's the same deal with the, the, them liking their linebackers. Nobody liked me saying that. They did it. It doesn't matter. They don't care what you think. Yep. They have their plan. Yep. I will say um, the thing. The thing about Leatherwood. I think Las Vegas eats fifty three or fifty eight percent of his contract, and Chicago gets him fifty eight percent. Yeah. Three more years for less than half of his contract, and has a fifth year option. That's a pretty big deal. That's a low risk kind of move for Chicago. So again, I hope it doesn't work out for him. Not. Not for Leatherwood, right? He he he's you know just a, a player out there. Don't, don't hate on the but, dude. That's yeah. not his fault. Yeah, but um, <laughs> you can hate on Chicago, right? The beathead sauce. Yes, you beaters. can. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the practice squad now. So we've talked about some releases, some pickups, and there'll be more. Don't worry. There's going to be a lot more shuffling on this uh, on this uh, roster. Uh, practice yeah. squad, we, we got Maurice Alexander, who made his way over. It was probably those returns that saved the day for him uh, to, to get this far. And he is definitely a guy that I think is a good weapon to have stashed on a practice squad kind of a situation. Um, Jared Davis. This is interesting because I have to go review the practice squad rules. See, it, it, I, I might be living in the yeah. past. I, I don't I do. I, I like he can't make the practice squad. How can so he? they are allowed? They are allowed six and non. Uh, there's a word for it. I can't. It's non-traditional, but that's not the right word. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had this conversation with Mike K from Pro Football Network earlier today. Uh, Dan Skipper is another one who's a seasoned veteran. You're allowed six of them on your practice squad, and then the other ten spots have to go to people who are waiver claim eligible, which means in their first four years of their career. Um, Tom Kennedy made it back on the practice squad. He he was an interesting case because he he technically qualified for waivers by like one day. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So let's see. Okay, so Jared Davis is there. Another guy. He was saw him at camp with his family signing some kids' autographs. He's a, he's he's a good. He's guy. an awesome dude. Yeah, I mean, awesome dude. That's and he and Alex part. Anceloni. You see their wives hanging out. You see their kids playing with each other at, at camp. It's awesome to watch that man. It's cool. It, it is, and it and, but it makes it hard because you really and and this is where. You know, the authenticity from Campbell about these cuts. He knows these guys. He knows these guys' family. He talks to them. You see him talking to them in, in the hallway and, and and when they sign and all the other stuff. They they see each other. They know each other. And to know that you have to kind of you're, – you're firing the guy, but the guy has a family behind him. It's just hard, man. It's really hard. And you can love a guy, 
but he may not have what you need as a team. Um, one guy who hey, who brought a lot made made a impact, a huge impact on Hard Knocks was, uh, and then signed to the practice squad, Derek uh, Cease not Cease. He's there, so we got <laughs> Derek who Cease nuts. <laughs> Derek Deese Jr. Uh, Obina Ize made it. That's, that's what I'm a little surprised about. I mean, maybe they think he's got something. I personally didn't see a whole lot coming out of him. Um, we'll see. We'll see, right? We'll, we'll see what, what, how things go. I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Garrett Griffin, Bruce Hector, James Houston made his way back, right? He, he, he was a good one to hold on to. Justin not Jackson. Claimed, not claimed off the framers like other people thought they would. Yep. Yep. Justin Jackson. Huh? Now he wasn't, he didn't go through the waiver wire, right? Right. He's a veteran. So they could, you know, they, you know, there's all kinds of things going on with the roster. (laughs) Know what I mean? Uh, (laughs) So um, Justin Jackson's there. I expect to see more of Justin in our, in my life and in your life. He's a, he's a good guy. Can't wait to to see him get on the field. And uh, Tom Kennedy, another guy. I saw it in the in the uh, chat. Someone said uh, Tom Kennedy is the uh, uh, Zach Zenner <laughs> of, of wide receivers. Um, guy has really, really showed. The really, really showed in the in the preseason. I hope he uh, continues to grow. I could see a, a, an interesting spot for him in the offense if he can if he can do it. But again, trust the team. If he's a practice squad player, he's a practice squad player. That's where he's at. Um, let's see. Uh, to do, do, do AJ Parker, AJ Parker stashed on the practice squad, Anthony Pittman, special team superstar. Um, that was a little bit of a surprise that he's not on the 53 Riz, Is this another Justin Jackson kind of situation? I don't know about that one either because he was, he, he had, he had been, he had surged ahead of, of Jared Davis, but uh, it was basically Pittman or Josh Woods. Woods is a little bit better on defense, more versatile on defense. He can he can actually cover somebody. Um, not that Pittman's bad at it, but Pittman, Pittman and Jared Davis were kind of the same role, and it's the role that you're going to see Julian O'Quara play um, if he can ever get, get back on the field. And let's hope that he's back on the field in Week One, as Dan Campbell um, hinted that that would happen. That'd be nice because Julian did make the roster. Yeah, it, that, that's a nurse one. Let's go back to A.J. Parker for a second, because he was a bit of a surprise, too, that he was our starting slot corner a year ago. Uh, I got word, uh, was that, Mon- no, Tuesday morning. No, Monday Monday morning, Monday late morning, that he was a guy that they were seriously considering cutting. And it, it came from uh, a competing player's agent who told me that his player had made the team. And I was like, okay. That that I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna formulate some things here and and AJ Parker, like and I've said this a couple times and forgive me if, if you're hearing this for it, the slot corner position in Aaron Glenn's defense is all about run defense and AJ Parker was rotten at run defense when they were asked to cover more he was capable of doing that and you saw that last year he was all right in coverage he can't tackle and he's still completely completely unaware of where he's supposed to be in terms of run fits and where his, his spot on the line is as a, as an outside run type thing. He was just Tracy Walker yelled at him five times of practice. No exaggeration. Where are you? What are you doing? AJ Four one. That's your hole. Heard that a lot. <laughs> oh man. That's yeah. That's, that's tough. Um, that's tough. Uh, let's see. Injured PUP. I'll start again with our guy, Jerry Jacobs. This is another one. Um, 
I think that we're seeing a strategic move with him. I think it's a team that values Jerry Jacobs. Jerry wants to get on the field. He he he's he's chomping to get on the field. He he he's ready to kick down walls with one leg at a time to get out there. And the team is like, heal, 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 heal. And I think it's all about getting better. I think there's a lot of, you know, like you said, shenanigans kind of going on. Um, not illegal shenanigans, but just getting, it's an evaluation that continues. That's one of the things, you know, and you, you, you used to hear, and you still do hear um, Belichick talk about where you really know who your team is come October, right? I think there's a lot of that kind of evaluation stuff still happening with this team as we go into into the season this year. And I think they're, like we were talking about earlier, a little bit looser about uh, being able to do that and, and, and work things that way. So I'm not I'm not too too worried about that. Um, Jerry's, Jerry's fine. Jerry's going to be great. Also on PUP, you get Jamison Williams. As you know, I think they're also being very, very uh, cautious with him. Um, Jason Cabinda on uh, PUP. Uh, Romeo Quora on PUP, Josh, Josh Pascal there, and then Greg Bell, injured reserve, out for the season, is not going to play, and um, so that's that, probably wind up with a, a settlement along the way. Anything there on those guys, Riz, that you want to add about um, stashing, when we could see them, that kind of thing? The only thing I would say is that they have to miss the first four weeks. The Lions have their buy in week six. You, you designate them to return. Um, you bring them back to practice um, before week five. They sit that week out. They sit the next week out and they play week eight or weeks, week seven in Dallas um, yeah. is when you will see a lot of those guys. Um, you might see Cabinda before then. I don't think you'll see any of the other guys. Well, Jerry, Jerry, you will. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Jerry there, to be honest with you. Like, I, I, if he were on another team, he'd be playing right now. That's that's where he's at in his recovery. Like, no doubt in my mind about that. No doubt in his mind about that either. But uh, I don't. I'm not sure what exactly their plan is on that. But uh, the only one that I would say you might not see by Dallas is Romeo, um, and he's he's been working. I, I know people are like, "Oh, he's not working because that's just not who he is. He's not a public guy. He's kind of a private dude." I can tell you, he's working very hard at getting back. I can also tell you that it's a longer road for him than it was for Jeff Okuda and uh, some other guys who've recovered from Achilles a little bit quicker. It's just, it's just the way he is. And, and I don't mean that like mentally or, or as like a negative as some people just recover quicker and he's not one of them. Uh, so I, I don't know when we'll see him. I do expect to see him at some point, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be, right away i don't i don't think he's good if, if there's any of the guys that aren't active before the bye week it would be him i will go really quick on okuda i just want to touch you talk about a great comeback and a guy whose heart soul is into it and he and jerry are definitely you know pushing each they other and, and and of the same kind of you know a mindset there and that, that there are peas of a pod yes thank you <laughs> um for those who don't know okuda had his best preseason stats of any of the preseasons he's played in this year um from by pff so just keep an eye on jeff okuda this year and he was good last year too before he got hurt yep. um didn't play all that well in the first game yep. not that he knew that much but he he was really good last summer and and you'll recall at this time last year we were talking i was excited about it a lot of us were excited about what we were going to get from jeff okuda we got 41 snaps yep Yep. Let's hope he can get to 411 this year and build off that and then keep rising from there. Because he is the starting outside corner. Dan anointed him the starter. 
Uh, Will Harris will be a utility. And I love, I love that role for Will Harris. I love the fact that he's going to be able to be your number three or four outside corner, your number two or three slot corner, your number four or five safety. That's perfect for him. I love it. It keeps him around. He's a great guy. He's a very valued teammate. He's immersed as a leadership presence on the team. That's that's important. That I, I love the fact that they're keeping him. Now, will he be here next year? Probably not. But we're we're on this year right now, and I, I'm, I'm not, he earned a spot by his play, but he did not earn a starting spot. And I'm glad that they didn't just give it to him. So I, I'm happy for Okuda. Okuda, he played so well. And and one of the things, and we talk about it, and, and I actually saw a, a comment that came up on the on the screen was that Goff doesn't throw to the outside receivers in preseason. No, he didn't. But in practice, he lights up Amani Oruwarie with TJ Chark all the time. And one of the concerns that I have about this team, um, more than a lot of people, is I'm worried about speed on the outside. And not so much for Okuda, although he – I wish he had a chase here. He just doesn't have. But yeah. Amani cannot run with the faster receivers. And we've seen it all camp. Um, just follow that away it, a little bit. We saw it in the game. We saw it in the game, and um, just a, a step behind, and and that's you know what that's right. The, the one the one long pass yeah. over the top was yep. was against him, and uh, great throw, right? Well placed, perfectly placed, good throw. that whole very thing. Good throw. But he was a step behind, and he didn't even have a chance to make a play. And that's that. I, I was thinking, Riz, there it is, Riz. That's your that's your your spotlight. On that, that's exactly what if, you, if you're going to have a quiet worry about the team, like I don't know. Like, uh, look, look, Amani has overachieved relative to his draft position, but he was a fifth round pick for a reason. Uh, and yeah. I, we will see that at times, at times. I, I think he's a perfectly capable starting cornerback, and I do like his ball skills. And I like I like a lot of things about him, but he's not he's not a guy who can turn and run with your faster receivers that yeah. don't. Maybe, maybe they won't ask him to do it as it's, much. It reminds me of the Malik Willis thing. He's, he was a late pick for a reason, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean he can't turn into something, but there's a reason. That's right. That that's where the value was on the market. I got I got to watch their last preseason game because I've only seen – I've seen two plays, and one of them was a spectacular highlight, and the other one was like, oh, my God, he took that sack. <laughs> so I, 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 I got to go back and watch that. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm genuinely excited to see what he can do. Oh, he's fun to watch. Uh, he's he, so he's, fun. He's, he's fun. Yeah. And, and we, we got to see him in, in up close to personal and mobile. He's a really easy dude to root for. Talk, talk to really him. easy dude. Talk to him at the airport mobile. And he was just so, so laid back. So cool. Really, really enjoyed him. And it's just, it is what it is, right? He was not the Lions quarterback at number two. I knew that for sure. And that's why I was calling people Malik truthers and the whole thing at the time. I hope he does well. Not against the Lions. I hope he does well. He's a fun guy to watch. He's a really nice guy. So, you know, guys like that. I, I was someone, I, I, I'm I rooting for him, but I did not want him on the Lions because I wanted some other team to take that risk. Um, if it works out for Tennessee, that's great for them. We needed um, the value. I, I was comfortable with the Lions not taking him. I, I can live with that. And Hutchinson is going to be right now value, right? Whereas Malik is, yeah. we didn't have that luxury. So there you go. Now, if you're talking later in the draft, then then we might have a little conversation. There were a couple of quarterbacks that they should have taken later. <laughs> He's not the only one. <laughs> all right. Anything else in roster stuff, Riz? I think we've went through all the moves so far. There's probably something going on in the background right now. We'll cover it. But remember, we're back on Wednesdays now, ladies and gentlemen. So you can see us every week on Wednesdays. We're back in the in the groove. I don't have to travel for a little bit. Good. That's awesome. All right. So we got that down um, really quick. Don't forget about Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com and Fanatics dot Detroit Lions podcast.com Amazon for all the stuff you get from Amazon, you know, to go there, but fanatics also any, you get in your Jersey, 
fanatics at Detroit Lions They give us they take a little bit off the top. They take a you know a little bit out of the rich guy's pockets. Never enough. And they feed it over to help support the podcast. So we help we appreciate you supporting the podcast by doing something you were going to go and do anyway. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. We'll drop you right on Amazon. Same thing with Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. And uh, like I said, both of those, they give us a little, little, little cut of the fun and uh, move on our way. So there you go. All right, let's get talking about Hard Knocks a little bit. I want to talk about David Blau. Um, they did a really good job this week. I know he, he got dinged up, right? But when you watch the hits and he goes down and he gets up hurt and he's and, and like the, the mouth and off to, to the Steelers, um, he, it was so hard. He was a guy that I was kind of mad about. It's really, really hard not to like a guy with that kind of personality, that kind of gut, uh, that, that kind of just he didn't he, walking out with an ice bag on his knee and he gave it his all to the very, very end, took a hit, hit after hit after hit. Um and then they showed him in the in the quarterback's room the next day after all that. And, he, I mean, you could tell he wasn't ready to go out and do anything. He had a stack of CDs with him. Did you see it? CDs? Yeah, CDs. These nuts? <laughs> every week. <laughs> I got one for you every week. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yeah, so that's that, that, that one. That one stunk. Um, that's... Uh, where are the photos, Jay? <laughs> You gotta know it's coming by now, Riz. Come on. <laughs> uh, so and Boyle too. Another. Those are two guys. This. This is. And I, and I hope this isn't how the team is making their decisions. I don't. I'm certain that it isn't. But both guys that are easy to like, that are good, just people, and easy to root for. And it just sucks. Boyle and and Blau out. It, it, I wish they were better. I wish they were better and could have made the team because character cats. Who, who would go out there and give it and uh, just sucks. It, just it sucks. does sound like Blau will be back potentially uh, on the practice squad. Yep. yep. Uh, they have to wait a day because, oh, no, they don't. He's a vested veteran, so they don't have to wait a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I stand corrected. But uh, uh, is anybody going to sign David Blau? Probably not. No. no. <laughs> Kellen Mond is out there. Why would you sign David Blau? <laughs> All right. Um, built up to the cutdowns, as we saw over the last few days, we talked about that, that it was kind of rough that they, they kind of aired on the day of the cuts. Um, Campbell wore on his sleeve. Worst part of the job. We talked about that. That was uh, heartfelt. Um, and then the idea of the player led practice. We got to see that play out. And, and Riz, I, I think I had it right. I think I nailed that. I mean, predicted it as we, as we saw it was, it was, it was impressive. I think the guys did well. And I mean, the coaches, I mean, they remember the drills. They remember the drills, like watch them run it. I mean, there's a little bit of pride. Like it's kind of almost like a parental sort of pride watching those guys remember and pull that stuff off themselves, isn't it? <laughs> I, I I enjoyed that part of it. Um, I enjoyed. Look, it, it was kind of a flat episode coming off the buzz of the day. So I I was I was I I'll admit I only half paid attention to it. That's why I fell for your stupid D's nuts jokes because I'm bleary eyed tired. Thanks for that. Yeah, so, yeah, um, those, I, I, I do want to say one thing about Khalil Pimpleton because he's a guy who's not on the practice squad. There's been a lot of questions about him. Mm-hmm. He's the Giants. He right might now. not be back. Uh, he is. He did a visit with the New York Giants today. He is shopping himself. And if he doesn't find anything better, the Lions would have him back. But I 
kind of have a feeling he's going to find whether it's, you know, getting more practice squad. It's not a set salary. Like you can pay guys more if you want to. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I kind of think that other teams are going to value him more. And you saw it in hard knocks, which is what made me think of it was when Dan's like, Oh, well we we found out that he can't do that. Um, I I forget the exact phrase, but after he dropped the the ball again on fourth down in in the red zone, like, okay, we're, we're, we, when he said that there was clarity from the game, that was one of the clarity points. Like we don't need to keep him even on our practice squad. Like we're good if somebody else takes him. And a little more time with the jugs machine, a little bit time, a little less time at the juggling show might might help him out. <laughs> but maybe the flying lenses are are hiring. I mean, so. I'm I'm rooting for Pimpleton. Look, he's local for me. Um, Muskegon. My kids play against Muskegon High School. It's a great. I love the Muskegon program. Muskegon. If you ever get a chance to go there for a football game. There's only seats on one side of the stadium, so the home and the away teams have to sit together. Oh. And like you're sitting with the fans with Muskegon, their basketball arena is the same way. And they're really like, if you show that you're like not cheering against Muskegon, they're fantastic fans. I love going up really? there for that. And I actually saw Pimpleton play. Um, he he ran wild as he would do, um, as they do. Um, they they got a shot at winning a lot of games in the postseason again this year. Go Big Reds! I say that as a chicks guy. So yeah. Pimpleton did his best Ebron impressions the worst time in the preseason. Exactly, exactly right. Yeah, that's, that's what we yeah. Said. So uh, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if he winds up. I don't know about the Giants, but there are some other teams that also are well aware of his. Uh, phone number. Yep. Check out seatbeltgang.com. Jerry Jacobs merchandise available. Trying to raise some money for some see uh, some charities in Detroit. Jerry Jacobs merch. Some other merch coming out as well as things come uh, come around with his his injury getting time on the field again. Seatbeltgang.com. Check it out. Jerry loves it when you when you do this and help us do great things around the Michigan uh, Detroit area and um, just help help kind of represent the gang. I think you're going to see a lot of that this year as Jerry comes in and comes in back strong. So there you go. Uh, with that, I think Riz, we've covered everything. Um, I did think you- so. There, there are still three spots on the practice squad. David Blau's probably going to get one of those. I think you're going to see guys that get waived tomorrow for waiver claims get DB priority. Um, I don't think the lines are claiming anybody tomorrow that I might be pleasantly surprised when they do, but I doubt it. Uh, and then, yeah, that's that's basically it. Uh, one other question, and this came up in our in our Slack, and it's also come up on Twitter. Who's going to be the kick returner? Because they cut Igwebuike, and he's not back, and I don't think he is coming back to the practice squad either. Uh, I, I don't think he appreciated the way that the team handled uh, his departure, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. They got two guys on the practice squad. You can promote them each week. Justin Jackson and Maurice Alexander are both accomplished return people. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Maurice Alexander gets promoted on game day just to be the kick returner yeah. for at least week one. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Also, um, don't forget, like and subscribe. Appreciate you folks that have all hit the like button. It's free. It's easy. It happens right there. And uh, you help help us out a lot by doing that. Thank you. So thank you for that. Um with that, we're going to call it a show. Riz, thank you so much for joining again, man. This is fun stuff. we got next week coming up on Wednesday. Um, any plans on videos between now and then? We're, we kind of got a little bit of a break. I, I might do a little bit of a reaction video later this week. Next week, we're going to have to talk because uh, that's my wedding anniversary. So. Ooh, okay. Oh, <laughs> Wednesday is. Oh, yeah. Mine's coming up. 
let me hold on. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We might have to talk off the air to schedule yeah, something I'm, there. I'm good on that. <laughs> That's why I can't go to the Washington game. That's why. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. Uh, don't forget us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast as little as five bucks a month gets you in on the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. A uh, little insider stuff from Riz and I, um, we get, you get the dust, you see what's going on. Uh, things we can't really say on the broader air. Uh, it's the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet, the Slack chat, $5 at patreon.com com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Also follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast and at Jeff Risden, as you see there at DET Lions podcast. We're rocking it pants free because it's the only way I wanted some fucking pants, but I didn't have pants. This is all I had in my locker. So I went to Twitter at DET Lions podcast. <laughs> Give us a call via Skype Detroit Lions podcast. All one word Detroit Lions podcast or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-Lions 929-335-4667. Be sure to go to Detroit Lions podcast.com. Show up, subscribe to the podcast, all different ways, Google and Android and iTunes and all the other stuff, because what happens when you do that, Riz? Because then I get to come in your ear holes automatically, and that makes me happy. Mm, Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. See you next week. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.